you know, we've already kind of mentioned 97, um, but just being honest like that, that haunted me. And, you know, when you're, I was you know, 15, 16 years old and, you know, I'm, I'm part of this great program at the time. And, you know, I kind of took it for granted. I, you know, I'm like, uh, we thought we were the best. We were trying to win a state title, but when it didn't happen in my head, I was like, oh, you know, we'll just win it next year. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is the head coach of one of the best high school teams in Illinois. It's Jason Potter. He's the head coach of St. Charles East. St. Charles East won the 3A dual state championship this past season, taking out Mount Carmel and Marmion along the way. All three of those programs are ranked in the top 30 in the country. And it was great to have Jason on the show to talk about his program and one of his studs, Ben DeVino, who just made the U-17 world team. Fan of the week goes to our friend Mark Kozik from National Park, New Jersey, the Garden State. Mark is the proud new owner of a Wrestling Changed My Life t-shirt, and we greatly appreciate it, Mark. If you also want to own a shirt, go to store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. We have t-shirts, hoodies, and stickers. That's store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. Without further ado, folks, let's give it up for Coach Jason Potter. Just a quick update from our sponsor, then we'll be right back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Frog Ninja Wrestling Club. They were with us last year, and they're back to promote their upcoming summer camps. If you're in the PA area, check out these camps. Amazing clinicians. The first camp is June 27th through the 29th at the Spooky Newt Complex in Lancaster, PA. Clinicians include Mike Evans, David McFadden, and Brian Pearsall, who's the head coach at excuse me, the head associate coach at Penn and a former Penn State wrestler. The Frog Ninja Wrestling Club is also doing a second camp in Oxford, PA, July 11th through the 13th. One of my favorite clinicians for this camp is Morgan McIntosh, who's an Army Green Beret, three-time All-American and NCAA finalist for Penn State. He was also a three-time California State champ. He's going to be at the second camp in Oxford, PA, so register now at FrogNinjaWrestlingClub.com. Coach Jason Potter, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it. Now, everyone knows I'm a homer for Illinois wrestling, and we have the reigning defending 
team state champs. Uh, Jason, you're the head coach for St. Charles. First time winning the team state title this year. Congratulations. Talk us through that tournament, man, because I just remember seeing highlights of that Mount Carmel duel and then the head, there was like a pin at the end. Like maybe we should start with like the sectionals. Like, did you have to get through anyone tough just to get to the state? Yeah, uh, Maine South's a tough team, but uh, the the ante definitely got lifted when we had Mount Carmel the first round in the quarters. And the way that Illinois works, as you know, if if you don't win on Friday night, you don't play. So uh, we knew a couple weeks out that that's how that was going to play out, and uh, it definitely it made it ner- you know nerve wracking, but also made it extremely exciting. So if you're when you're going to win, going the hard way is always the best way to get it done. So it, it was a, a heck of an experience. And so you knew at like individual state, we got Carmel on Friday basically yeah pretty much yeah we we knew that's how that was going to kind of play out so that and that's such an interesting dynamic of of the way illinois does it because if if you have some guys who don't qualify or even guys who maybe don't place and they're out early they still got to keep their weight in check they got to be going over to huff hall in between to do their workouts like that's a that's a whole dynamic you got to manage as a coach yeah and as a coaching staff you know we were fortunate. We had we had the great success in the individual level and as a team. So uh, we even kind of sat down and tried to talk it out whether we thought we were at an advantage or a disadvantage because we had a, eleven guys qualify for the state tournament individually, wow. which is more more than we've ever had. Um, but I think it ended up working out. But the biggest thing for us was to make sure the guys that that weren't able to wrestle in the individual state tournament took it serious and prepared themselves. So uh, how to handle that? You know, it was, it was a new experience for us uh, as a program to be in that situation. Um, and obviously ended up working out all right. Yeah, I mean, like you said, at the individual tournament, three champs, the great Ben Devino, who, man, what a, what a U-17s. I, <laughs> I know we're jumping around here, but that's how yeah. my mind works. But uh, let's stay back on state, then we'll get to U-17. So you guys come out of indiv- individual state. I got to think three state champs, most ever in St. Charles history. Yeah, correct. We've, we've had a couple, uh, couple times when we've had – two guys in the state finals that's the most we've ever had in the finals at one time uh, we've been able to do that a few times but we've never actually had more than one champ so even the times that we've had two in the finals uh, we've come up a little short and uh, we've had one champ every time that's happened but never had uh, even two so to be in a situation like that um, you know we're, we were kind of greedy we we're, were trying to get four there um, and Tyler just fell short uh, with Nazir but um, it was definitely in the finals a, or semis or what uh, in the finals, he's the runner-up. Finals, up, uh, okay. At 138, yeah. So, um, you know, having having four in that finals was was pretty exciting. And to see your Bailey's good as they come, I mean, really, really national level, you know. So, man, your guy's yeah, we, right there. Yeah, we took him to the very wire. He actually wrote us out to, to beat us. So, um, in regulation yeah, a, or OT? In regulation, but uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so he felt, he fell a little short, but I think you know, Tyler demonstrated that he he's one of the top guys and. Um, you know, I, I know he was disappointed he didn't win it, but I think he put himself into consideration as one of the top guys, not only in Illinois, but in the country at that weight. So um, we're, we're still excited for him. And your other guy, Jaden Cologne, just signed with Illinois, right? Yeah, he did. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're excited about that. You know, being in the line, I, uh, it, it was cool to see him. He's, he's my first wrestler to, to go on and wrestle there. So uh, I'm excited to have somebody come through our program and end up down there. So the Poetas will start shipping the stakes again now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope so. Can we get that in writing? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I've never gotten one to this state. That Coach Poeta, if you're listening. Uh, but no, that's awesome. And yeah, you know, I didn't realize he was he was at another program, but he was all, you know, state champ there, runner up at Fargo. I mean, 
world team? I mean, you guys are loaded. Yeah, he definitely has some pedigree. So this is his first year with us. He moved to St. Charles uh, just over a year ago, I guess, uh, would be. But, uh, yeah, we were excited. When he when he moved to St. Charles, we knew we were going to have something special. Um, and we were excited to work with him. So he, he wanted it in 2A with Montini, and then uh, he bumped, you know, came over to 3A this year and uh, was able to get it done and, you know, against a very good opponent. So it was exciting for him. Now, in the 3A landscape, you got you guys, you got Marmion, you got Mount Carmel. Are there other teams? Obviously, Joliet Catholic, too. I don't want to leave those guys out there. Unbelievable. Are those, like, right now kind of the group of four teams that are going out of state and going to some of these bigger national tournaments, like top 30 rankings, or am I missing any? Um, yeah, those are, those are the ones that, you know, it's, it, you, you get there and then you, you look over your shoulder and you see a couple other programs that you recognize. But uh, those are the big ones that have traveled out. And, you know, Maris is a really good team. Maris, too, of course. Yeah, yeah I think they're going to probably be in that mix as well. Yeah, no, it's um, it's just exciting to see that many good teams. And when you get back to back to that team tournament, so am I correct in my memory of this? Hold me accountable here. But my memory yeah. of a video I watched, were you guys down a couple early, or or the match like the guy had to pin? Like, what was the scenario at the end there? Yeah, we were really chasing the the whole time, um, and there was a couple of matches we thought were toss up matches that didn't go away in the middle. That um, you know, we we knew it was going to put a lot of pressure on us. Uh, we we had preached going into that whole weekend, and this is probably consistent across you know all good duels. But the, how much the bonus points are going to come into play, and um, you know for us, our 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 big guns needed to get us bonus points. But you know, I think it gets overlooked at how important uh, the, the other guys are in making sure that they they shave off those points. And um, we were very fortunate; our, our other guys wrestled really well. They you know they they were really selfless and and took their their role as the team team player in those situations and didn't necessarily risk giving up something that they knew we couldn't risk as a team. So that's kind of the, you know, the, the beauty of, of wrestling is that we have the, almost like these two, two sports going on at once, right? When it's individual, you mm -hmm. let it all fly and you're wrestling for yourself. And then when you get to the team side of things, it's just a different way of approaching even matches uh, in particular. So um, it was huge. We were chasing the whole time. So it kind of got there towards the end. Wow. And did, uh, the only, and it's no disrespect to Mount Carmel wrestlers. I don't follow it that closely, but I do know the name Mendoza. I know that kid's a stud. Did he wrestle any of your hammers, or he was kind of in between there? No, he did, and he actually bumped up to wrestle AJ Marino, my twenty pounder. Um, oh, wow. So AJ took third at twenty, um, but um, so that's a stud, and we knew even to that we we're probably a little bit of an underdog. Um, but you know, AJ just AJ just keeps coming. So the, the matchup, I think, actually ended up kind of being in our in our favor. Um, Seth's known to kind of, especially in his matches where he needs bonus points to really wear people down with his pace. Uh, so AJ was able to kind of weather that and stick it because AJ wrestles kind of with a similar, uh, similar pace. So um, he was there. Um, you know, Sergio is also one of their one of their big hammers, and uh, Kelly as well. So th those okay. they they've got the names and the, the firepower in their lineup as well. And we knew that they were there, and we knew our, where our guys were. It was kind of everywhere else that uh, things were going to get really, really interesting and. Um, you know, they won more matches. It's one of those weird duels where they won more matches than we did. Uh, but uh, wow. our guys, our guys took the dual meet approach uh, to heart and were able to shave points when we needed to. And then, you know, when it when it came around towards the end to our two two twenty pounder who was outmatched. You know, he had a state place winner and uh, he went out there and battled and didn't give up bonus points. And 
that that was the point where I think kind of the turning point where like, all right, well, there's a lot, be a lot of pressure on my big guy, Austin Barrett, but uh, you know, he was, he was ready for the challenge. And you know, there was a point during that match. It was kind of funny where, you know, we're, we're yelling at him that he needed to pin him. He, he stopped wrestling. He's like, yeah, coach, I know I'm going to pin him. Like he, as he was wrestling, he was kind of yelling at our corner to be quiet. Um, so that was kind of funny, but he, he knew his role. And um, for a he kid, had to only pin? he had, he had to pin to give, Dom an opportunity to pin as well. And we felt pretty confident, uh, you know, we'll talk about Monoretto, I'm sure, but uh, he, very few people, I mean, he only went the distance twice this year uh, in his matches in Illinois. So we, not many people can last an entire match with him. So we felt pretty confident that Dom would get the, get the fall or get the bonus when we needed it. So uh, Austin knew that his, his match was the one that had to go, go down like that. And uh, as soon as he got his body lock and the kid was kind of backing up to the out of bounds and he was able to turn him and put him back towards the center. You can see our bench starts getting really excited. That's, <laughs> that's Wait, where so he wants to be. You had to, you had to have, before that to even happen, you had to have one of your guys keep it to a decision against a placer. Yeah. And then you had to have your big guy get a pin just to set up. Is it Marinetto? Monoretto. Monoretto. Yeah. Killer, by the way. I love that. Love watching that kid. Wait, so he is he a freshman? He is. He only went the distance twice as a freshman. Yeah. As a freshman in Illinois. In Illinois. Uh, in Illinois. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, he had a couple Ironman matches that went uh, against the Mountain State guys that did. But okay. Yeah. Oh my God, that's crazy. And then, I mean, I was looking up your resume. You know, you were wrestling in the '90s during the the great tradition of Illinois wrestling before another great tradition, but I mean, those brackets back then, I mean, crazy and Mount Carmel, that's that era, right? So you grew up with Mount Carmel as like the studs. And so there's a lot of tradition there. Yeah. So I, I was probably, I want to call it the tail end of Mount Carmel because they were still pretty powerful when I was there, but I was getting the, the changing of the guard as far as team were that Mount Carmel was, you know, the, the all through the nineties and kind of towards the, the, the late end of the nineties. That's kind of when Providence, uh, Providence kind went of, on their run. They, yeah. they kind of went on their run, but, uh, it, Mount Carmel was definitely a program that I've always been aware of, you know, from when I was a kid watching high school wrestling, you know, that's, you know, you watch TJ and all those guys and, and kind of coming up. So I was yeah, definitely aware, aware of them. That's right. I forgot that. Was it 96 when they canceled state and Mount Carmel's never won a title or hasn't didn't win again for a long time because yeah, I'm sorry I'm off track here, but I'm just yeah, uh, right. I did a piece on Tony Davis and he didn't wrestle his senior year in high school, which is insane. And TJ went on to win his fourth. I think it was 96 though. And then they never had the team state that year and then you know that everything kind of broke up after that. So um so yeah, it would have been Providence cuz you won state in 98 and 99, correct? Correct. Yeah, okay. individual. Individual, yeah. So and you come go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say Providence. Their their first was their giant run was ninety seven, and um, you know that one stings a little bit because that was pri previous to this year uh, was the best team ever to kind of come through St. Charles. We took third that year as a team. That's the only other trophy we had. But um, oh wow, we, we thought we were the best that year, and they they nipped us in the the semifinals. Uh, was, yeah, so I didn't know so, that. There's yeah, a little, little history not, there. Not, not that that's haunted me for that, that long. So and not that <laughs> you remembered uh, or anything, huh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Oh wow. Because a lot of your teammates at Illinois were Providence guys, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Yes, like, they were so. like a, quite a few of them that era. Cause yeah. What, so so Br Brian would have been a, uh, a Glenn would have been a freshman, uh, that that's in 97. Yeah. yeah. So 
and I was a sophomore, but yeah. So they okay. got us. Now, quarterfinals. So that's on a Friday night now at Team State. Correct. I didn't yeah, know when that. They, okay. So when they um, – it used to be Saturday morning. We'd wrestle three times in one day. But uh, I believe it's when they started doing the individual girls tournament. They they expanded it, so they, they switched it to a two-day tournament. What's the structure for the girls tournament? Friday and Saturday or – uh, I believe so. Yeah. I don't think they start on Thursday. So they were wrestling when we got down there on, on Friday. Okay. So Saturday you're getting in there, winning the semis. Now Saturday night, I'm just going to take a guess here. Based on proximity alone, Marmion and St. Charles can't be too friendly. <laughs> is there is there some heat there? <laughs> there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up, but yeah, there, there's a little bit, there's a little bit there. Yeah. The, there's definitely the rivalry aspect of it too. Yeah. It's I mean, how close are the two schools? I really don't well, know. Uh, close enough. So, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes, nothing, you know, 15, 15 minutes stops. And you meet so in you, the state finals of the three, a tournament. That's crazy. Yeah. And if you, you know, you look at their lineup, half of their, probably half their team is from St. Charles. So, I mean, if you, you really consider how here many here we kids, go here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you really, you know, which it's great for our town that we're, we're, you know, we're producing that many, uh, top level wrestlers, but it definitely added, it added something to it. I, I'd be lying if I said it didn't. Did you got, did you wrestle those guys during the year? Uh, no, no, this year we did not. Uh, okay. traditionally, traditionally we have, but, uh, yeah, that duel uh, did not happen this year. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But I, I'm starting to yeah. see what uh, starting to see what people mean here. Because I was asking around a little bit about uh, yeah. about the rivalries and what's going on. So, wow. So you guys meet in the state finals, and does that one come down to the wire as well? Uh, it did. It came down to the last match. So, um, yeah. It, you know, for me, it was obviously kind of fairy tale how it, how it played out, but. Um, but yeah, it, it was intense to say the least. Wow, last match. What was the scenario? Like, did your guy have to win or what? Yeah, so so it came down to one twenty. Uh, they ended up uh, forfeiting at one hundred six to Dom and bumping. Um, so then uh, my thirteen pounder, who'd been out the majority of the year, had uh, wrestled uh, Nicholas Garcia at thirteen because Nicholas bumped up, and then uh, their their thirteen pounder uh, bumped up to twenty because their twenty pounder was out. So. Uh, he ended up ended up coming down to uh, AJ Marino at 120. Got it. Wow. And then uh, it's just like the the team to get a good team together is so hard and takes so many moving pieces. And it's like to to bring one back to the place you wrestled at is even more special. I'm sure. I mean that that had to be a pretty cool experience. Uh, it's to be honest, it's, it's a, it was a kind of my dream for a long time. I think you know we've already kind of mentioned 97, um, but just being honest like that that haunted me. And, you know, when you're, I was you know, 15, 16 years old and, you know, I'm, I'm part of this great program at the time. And, you know, I kind of took it for granted. I, you know, I'm like, oh, we thought we were the best. We were trying to win a state title, but when it didn't happen in my head, I was like, Oh, you know, we'll just win it next year. Uh, and then my brother and, and a lot of his buddies and guys have our friends who have graduated and, you know, then our school split and, you know, we, we never, we never made it back. So uh, when I got into coaching that, like that kind of haunted me and, when the opportunity came back to, to, to come back to St. Charles came up, um, that was definitely something that my wife and I talked about, you know, one of the reasons I got into coaching was to win a state title. And, um, you know, in the back of my head, I was always St. Charles where I, where I wanted to win it. You know, I came back, I live here, I'm raising my family here. 
uh, it meant, it meant a lot. And, you know, getting involved through the kids club that, you know, my family was part of and trying to just make this giant machine start rolling again and, and get us back there. So when it, when it came, came, you know, it finally happened, it, you know, it was neat. I had coach Rudiger who was, you know, my coach when I was five until I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, he, you know, he, he volunteers and helps me out on my staff. So he, like, he's there, he got to experience, uh, it, you know, he, he was the coach in 97 when we took third. So, you know, it was, it was cool to finally, you know, turn around and see how big of a smile he had, you know, it was, it was awesome. And then, you know, my wife has been, she was with me way back then. So, you know, for her to see this whole thing happen as well, she's been part of that journey and been a huge part of it. Um, as you can imagine, it's, it takes a lot of time and energy. So she's right there putting the same amount of time and energy in. So to be able to come back here and, and get that done, you know, I had to pinch myself that night to see if it was real. Seriously. And then I see on Twitter the next day you're at IK sectionals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the guys were kind of upset. We actually took the bus all the way home, which ended up being really cool because they met us with a, a police escort and we had, you know, a few hundred people in the parking lot. We didn't get home until it must have been after midnight from that. And to see that many people in the town come in, come out and support us. And so we ended up being glad at the time the guys were like, oh, God, we got to get on the bus. You know, they, they were all excited. They didn't want to get on the bus ride home. But um, we, you know, we wanted to get back for that, but then, you know, a, a bunch of my staff actually helps out with the youth club as well. So we had to get back and uh, the job doesn't rest. So we got to get ready for the next wave of kids. Yeah. And that's, I want to talk about the youth club because it seems like when I just go to your website, how organized it is, how you have, you have the, the different levels of the club. <clears throat> it's not just like everyone in there, maybe it is all at once, but it looks like it's broken out. How many kids do you have in that club? Uh, in the kids club, there's uh, 130 this year. I think we had 135, <laughs> something like that. So, that's monstrous. Yeah, and it's, I mean, that's not, if you would have looked a few years ago, it wouldn't necessarily been like that. So um, I, I'm blessed. I have a, a huge group of supporters and an army of people helping me. Um, so that's been, it's been incredible. But the organization, every year we try to just get better and better and better. Um, and, um, the organization's been a huge part of that, like getting things clear, making things look nice. You know, everybody's important. The guy that is helping me with the, I'm not an IT guy. I'm like, the website's clean. Yeah. Well, a lot of the graphic design stuff, my brother, but um, as far as the website's concerned and just the organization and there's so many moving pieces and we have all kinds of different levels and opportunities going on at once. So um, it's really coming together and, you know, my dream was to come back here and win a team state title with it for St. Charles. But, you know, I also have, you know, a connection to our, our youth club. You know, I, I started in this room that I'm sitting in when I was five years old. Uh, my dad at one point was running the program and one of my assistant coaches, uh, Max Paylainer, his dad was running the little kids, the Saturday program. And, you know, fast forward, you know, I'll, I'll date myself with 35 years later, you know, uh, I'm running the club and Max is running my little guys. and um, yeah. so to have our club also be finding a success at the same time, has been just, you know, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's something only Illinois people might understand, but the IKWF days, they hold just as high a place, maybe not just, but very close to the IHSA days for a lot of us. So when you look and see that your club won the IKWF novice team state, it's like, wow. I mean, that, that's, that, it just shows like how many guys are coming up because, I mean, again, like it's it was a big deal to even be in the top ten. Like they'd, I remember they would like put the top ten on the bleachers, and they're like, oh, maybe after one round we were like ninth or something. And then to win the whole thing, that was crazy. How the how the guys go do this year? 
the novice took third and my seniors took ninth. Um, you know, nice. and so we, we won novice last year. I think that's what you're referring to, but that yeah. was, that was, you know, the kind of the point we knew our high school team, we felt we were keep getting better, keep getting better. And, you know, we were very fortunate that a couple of kids decided to move to St. Charles and join, join this group. So we knew that they were going to, we were going to do really well, but um, I just think as far as a program top to bottom to see how healthy we currently are, like last year when, when we won novice, you know, that was the first state title we've won. That was the first trophy, um, you know, that the St. Charles wrestling club had ever won, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it, that was a, a level of like comfort understanding. Okay. This isn't, this isn't just a blimp. We, you know, our goal is to have this, this opportunity moving forward for everybody. And um, that the status of the club and then the status of the high school team kind of all going off at once. Uh, it, we're really proud of it. And, and when you mentioned something about the, the little kids on Saturdays, I was going to ask you, how do you structure it with like the different ages and different like practices? How does that all work? Yeah. So it's been a work in progress. You know, at first we just, we went out and we tried to just recruit me and back, you know, I don't know how five, six years ago, we were just one practice. And uh, as we started to grow, we realized that that, wasn't going to help our, our top end kids. And that, I think that, you know, to be honest, that's kind of been the, was the curse originally of our, our club. We were a community club. So we were just really focusing on, you know, almost like an extension of the park district, getting kids uh, just experienced to wrestling, right. Just getting kids out for the sport. Uh, we did a really good job for that for years, but what was happening is because we weren't offering multiple levels to it, uh, a kid would get kind of where they started to really fall in love with the sport and get good. Uh, and then they'd start reaching out, trying to find better partners, and they, they would leave our, our club to go somewhere else. And you know, we had to take a hard look and understand, you know, why is that happening? Okay, what do we need to provide to make sure that our kids stay home so our, our IK team can start winning some state trophies and state titles? Um, and I think that was kind of the turning point. So, you know, now it, it it's like clockwork. The, the, the kids have their shoes on there in the hallway. My high school practice ends. The first wave comes in. Um, and it's not a clean because we kind of rotate the days to try to get different levels. But we have, um, you know, like our junior saints, which are our little guys of the, the, you know, four, five, six, even a couple seven year olds that are brand new raw. And that's that's just move like a wrestler, love wrestling, get, get in the room, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of stuff. Um, we used to have that on Saturdays. We moved that into the week just because so many of us are coaching high school and that that we we didn't have coaches for it. So. We moved them in, and then our clubs are traditional, probably like every other club in the state, where they we have a couple practices a week. Uh, we're starting to show a little bit more advanced tech, technique. We're not just showing a move; we're starting to show a series, um, trying to get them to understand that. And then uh, the biggest change for us was when we started pulling on our, what we called our elite group. Uh, we realized we probably need to change the name of that. We're focusing towards our older kids, um, and then that's where we started kind of training them more, like they already were in high school. So. Now it's kind of a badge of honor if you can get in that group. Um, High-level technique, but also the intensity goes up, the expectations go up, and that's you know that's the group that uh, right around the start, you know, right before COVID, we started you know traveling with those guys, taking them out of the state, taking them to higher-level competitions, and um, success there made those club kids want to become part of that, and mm-hmm. kind of just kept pushing the envelope over and over again. So you know during during the winter, we won three practices a night. We have my high school guys after school, then either the club or the, the junior Saints, and then uh, our elite guys come in afterwards. So they're long days, you know, for, for me and my staff who, who work all of them. But you coach uh, all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah a Whoa. couple of days, a week. yeah, a few days, a few days a week. So wow, uh, you're. It's yeah. just like the time commitment. Wrestling coaches know, but it's like 
most people's job gets done at like four o'clock and you're exhausted. You're probably not even getting home till nine, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, yeah, well, luckily I live in town. So it, That's yeah, good. like it, 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 yeah, eight thirty, nine o'clock sometimes. So, um, it, you know, my family's in it, so it makes it, it makes it easier. I have a son that's wrestling, and so we actually this year, or this year was our first official year. We started the Lady Saints. Um, oh, so nice. One of, so one, a friend of mine, Jeff Dunaway, really kind of spearheaded that and got it going. And uh, shout out to them. They so this is our first like real year that we ran a, a, a real program year long, and they actually won the IK Girls State Tournament this year. So um, right out of the gate, awesome. they came in, Hell got yeah. us some got us some hardware right out of the gate. Which yeah. Is Kind of, kind of a needed experience. So they're, they're in the mix too. So um, it's definitely busy in the room, and um, but there's always, there's always something going on. That's interesting how you, you kind of notice a trend of, you know, the, the elite guys, maybe they go to some more private clubs. And so you just, you had to make some changes and broke it out. So you kind of have your own private elite club now uh, within the system still. That's, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's, that's always been the rub, right? I mean, you have those, most kids are right in the middle. Then you have, you know, those five or six that, maybe not even that many, but five or six that could place or win something. And like you get one really extreme parent. And next thing you know, those six have started their own club somewhere. Like they're, they're, they're going somewhere else, you know? So you see it all the time. Yeah. I mean, that happens like year, you know, year after year after year after year, you know, usually it's like pockets of kids and they, you know, four or five would leave at a time and, and go somewhere else. And it, it, as a dad myself, and you know, as a coach, and it's, it's weird because I'm also the high school coach. So I want these kids to get as good as they can. So, mm-hmm. you know, I never faulted anybody for, for doing what's best for your kid. You can never, you know, blame somebody and, and expect them to hold their kid back to try to help, you know, a small group that we don't want that. So we, we wanted to make sure that we provided an opportunity to keep taking those guys. You know, we have kids, you know, they're, they're going to the Jordan camp, they're going to Perler. So it's not even just, yep. it, it's not just the practices we're running here that are taking them to the next level. Um, you know, we're aware enough to understand that, like, there's all these opportunities everywhere. And I think the downfall of some places might be that they try to hold on to everything, try to keep credit for all of it. Yeah. Um, and, and that kind of my approach at all, you know, all the way across the levels is that, you know, I, I think I started turning the corner personally when I started going out and getting exposed to as much wrestling as possible. And um, I, I want that for all my athletes. You know, I'm going to give them everything that I have, but I also think it's great for them to go try to absorb, go pick something up somewhere else. So, you know, we're organizing strips and groups of kids to, to go see other people. And, uh, you know, Michael McGee's running a camp this weekend. I got a bunch of guys wow. going to that. So it, you know, that we're guy's amazing, by the way, his yeah, I'm style. Ex- I'm, ex- hey, I'm excited. I'm excited to send some of my uh, upper level kids down over to him and uh, see what they can bring back for us. Yeah, no, uh, that's awesome. And it seems like it's working because it, it makes sense to break it up like that. And I was, uh, just, just by the sheer number of kids club coaches you have on your website, I figured you guys had a pretty robust system. And I was, I was curious to ask you about it because for a public school to do all this, you know, is even, is even more impressive. Reminds me of the OPRF days and you don't see that a lot. And a lot of times it is from that ground up. So just again, congrats to all, all you guys and the staff. I mean, you look back at, at St. Charles, if you grew up in the nineties, your name was synonymous with, with that, with that program. And a lot of people, I think about you, I think about your brother, but I didn't even know that you had an older brother that was, that was dominant as well. Was yeah, he like it, a big mentor for you growing up? He was, you know, he, um, you, when you're young, you, know, you have that rivalry going and, and it took me to probably to, I was an adult to really see how, how much he impacted what I did and, 
you know, my drive. And I think that's, you know, I love wrestling and I, obviously, but like the thing that I always loved about it was the, the sacrificing aspect of it. So when he would do something, uh, you know, I, I didn't have the natural tools like he did. Um, you know, naturally he's just very gifted. You know, he was always built in eighth grade. He looked like he was a grown man. So um, it, it, looking back, it pushed me to work even harder. And, you know, I had to really focus on the technical side of the sport in order to, to try to improve. Um, so if you look at the three of us, it, it's kind of one, we don't look, you know, we don't, I don't think we really look alike. Maybe David and I do like in the face, but our styles, our bodies, they're drastically different. Um, and ironically, so are our wrestling styles. So, um, you know, it's really bizarre to have three brothers that that came up that were pretty successful, but we we don't wrestle like each other. So uh, that is it was interesting. very, it's, it's, it's very odd. Yeah. I mean, I was going through old brackets this morning. He had like one loss during the regular season during his last two years. I mean, freaky. Like that's, that's crazy back, you know, and that's, that's old two way. And then it looked like his senior year, remember that quarter final round Friday night. Like, would you watch that one when he wrestled? It looked like another undefeated guy. His name was Taylor. Uh, are you talking about David or Christopher? Yeah, David. David, yeah, I, I was there. So, um, so I, I was a sophomore when he was a senior. So we, okay. we were we were both in the tournament wrestling. But um, yeah, it, it kind of I think mean, it haunts me more than I think it haunts him. But uh, he was ranked number one most most that year, and um, you know I don't want to make an excuse for him, but he, yeah. he got banked. He, he kind of hurt himself in the sectional final. So um, uh, that the week before, so he didn't wrestle all week, and then going out there and. Um, you know, being his brother and, and spending so much time in the room and so much time around wrestling with him. Like I, I knew he wasn't hundred percent. I could tell by just the way he was wrestling. So uh, it was heartbreaking for me to see him fall short. But again, like in retrospect, I think that was another opportunity to light a fire under me. Like, he, you know, he was supposed to win the 171 pound weight class that year. Uh, at least that's what was our perspective. And uh, you know, when that happened, I mean, he ended up losing that match and um kind of just watching the way he handled himself and, you know, he, he, he didn't bow out. He, he kept, he kept wrestling hurt and we still, mind you, this is 97. So we still had the team state thing kind of the week, uh, next know, week. Yeah. Yeah. And back then you, you like, you turned immediately at two tool, two duels on Tuesday. And, um, so to see kind of the way that he handled that kind of, kind of lit a fire under me, but, um, he, uh, you know, of all the, you know, the guys I looked up to on the wrestling mat, like his physicality was there before, I think really, um, the physical side of the sport really kind of fun. I think, you know, the hand fighting wasn't something I think I can even remember as a, as a kid growing up, them even mm -hmm. talking about when they were training and, you know, they're showing us moves, but they, they were never really under, understanding the physical side of that, you know, how you put your hands there. It's just as important as where you put your hands. So um, you know, the thing with David is that he, he was just a specimen and he was physical. So he, he used to like almost beat you up just as much, uh, you know, take you down. So um yeah so he was he was pretty dominant so watching you know he took third as a, as a junior that was back he was in that bracket with uh, Nate Patrick and Pat Cork you know who ended up being two teammates of mine at U of I so uh, that was that was kind of interesting that it ended up that way but I know, saw that I, I'm like geez that bracket was crazy yeah so Cork uh, got him in a semis uh, I believe that his junior year and not that I can it's weird how those little things stick yeah. in your brain. You got you got inside trip, but <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can still remember it. But you have an elephant yeah. memory, coach. That's impressive. It, it, ironically, it's just as wrestling, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, wish, I wish it applied to everything, but yeah. So what, yeah, 
I was going through your brackets and looking at, you know, as I said, two time state champion, there was only two divisions. And then as a sophomore, you wrestled Martelli and it's just, he's been on the show. I love, I love that book you wrote. I don't know if you ever, yeah. if you ever got your hands on that, but it's just yeah. like, that's how tough Illinois wrestling was back then. I mean, it's just loaded guys every weight. Yeah. Charles, uh, he was, you know, he was probably one of my, I don't even want to call him a high school rival, but definitely uh, a guy that I was kind of chasing for a little bit there. So that he beat me my sophomore year uh, in the semis. Um, but it, you know, at the time you're like, you know, you get this, like he's the enemy. And then, yeah, if you, yeah, I'm sure if you've had him on here, you know, like Charles is Such one of the a coolest, nice coolest, nicest guys. So, um, you know, we ended up kind of being friends after that. Uh, yeah. And even like national teammates, you know, that's the beauty of wrestling too. You're like you have your high school season and then, um, you know, the top guys all end up wrestling together and becoming friends. So, uh, yeah, you were in the, you were doing a lot of Fargo back then and that's before there was anything else. So was it, was it like they say where like Fargo was like the one and only back then and you'd get there and it was like just massive. Yeah, so you know, this makes us sound old, but like, you know, there there isn't the internet. There wasn't, you know, Illinois Matt Man. There was, you know, I think Internet might have been around, but it was like a leaflet, right, that got sent out. So um, you might have seen somebody's name written in print, but you you didn't really know who anybody was until you got out there. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it it was definitely the the end all be all at the time. Um, if you can get out to Fargo and, and try to become uh, an all you know an all American, and uh, back then. You know, you, you wanted to be successful in your state tournament, but to to really get recruited or to, to try to make it to the next level, you know, how you did at Fargo was a big deal. So, you know, not that it isn't right now. It still no, is. it definitely but, is. Yeah. But now these, these guys have so many national level big events. You know, you look at like even in-season tournaments like the Ironman, how you do at the Ironman affects your, you know, your recruiting, how you do at Super 32s uh, affects your recruiting. So, um, there's just different opportunities now, but you know Fargo is the the culmination of the of the season. And I'll I'll never pass up an opportunity to tap Illinois in the back for Fargo dominance. So I'm thinking yeah. of like 07 through like 2017, 2019, basically won everything every year. I, mean, I know there's so I know it's not actually true, but it it seemed like that. I mean, junior freestyle, ju- uh, cadet freestyle, junior and cadet Greco. Between the duels and Fargo, just an unbelievable run. Maybe it was like 06, 05 when it started. When you were going to Fargo, was it like that? Or was Illinois on the come up? And like, was it super organized? Like, what was that experience like? Um, I think we were just starting to kind of turn turn the corner and, and do some of that stuff. You know, I, uh, because things weren't televised, they weren't, it was hard to follow that stuff. You didn't really know what was going on out at Fargo until you, you physically got to Fargo. So, um, you know, I, another guy that I looked up to growing up was Jevin Herman. So I, you know, I, I talked to Jevin when he'd come back and, um, but I, I didn't really know how the team was doing. You know, I know how he did, but I didn't know the kind of the, the, you know, the status of Illinois wrestling. So when I was fortunate enough to start going out there with my sophomore year, you know, it was, it was still like Iowa, Ohio, Pennsylvania, you know, those were the, the teams that when they entered the arena, you could just sense things changed so yeah um, you know it, we are, i don't think we're quite there yet as far as the team aspects we definitely had guys that were you know making the national finals and, and making noise um but as a the whole entire state I don't, I don't think we were quite representing the way that we you know like you said i think we're i think it's 2005 when we kind of started really turning the corner and making that run wow i mean it's and it's it is a it's a dynasty um you ended up one of your years, I'm not sure which year, lost in the finals to the great Damian Hahn. So 
taking second at junior nationals. Unbelievable. What was your first year like, your sophomore year? Was it, did you place right away or was it a little bit of a shock? Yeah. So I, to be honest, I, again, I, I just wasn't aware of the opportunities like that our kids are now. And, you know, I've got kids in my club that are wrestling freestyle at six, seven years old. But uh, back then, it, it, I think that was probably would have been a rarity. I don't even think there was really developmental tournaments at the younger ages, or at least I'd never seen them. So my first experience wrestling freestyle was when I, my sophomore year when I was 15. After I, I went on and, and placed at the IHSA state tournament, that's kind of when Coach Rudiger was like, hey, like, you should, this is where, this is great, but if you want to, you know, you want to wrestle in college, you really need to get into freestyle and, and do this. So, um, yeah, I wrestled a couple of developmentals. I loved it. My dad started taking me to, you know, central planes and moving around and checking it out. And, um, I immediately, I like to wrestle on my feet. This always was my strength. So I, I just fell in love with it right away. So that was the first time out there. So, um, I made the, the freestyle team and I think it was probably a week before we, we left for training camp. Uh, I, my parents got a call and they had asked if I wanted to try Greco. I didn't, I, I had never wrestled a single Greco match before, but uh, <laughs> I'm like, hey, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be in Fargo, I might as well some extra mat time. So I, I joined, I joined the, they were already in thinking session. So, and it was up in Evanston that year. So they, they drove me up to training camp. I, I got like three or four practices in a Greco and just figured I'd just wrestle freestyle and not touch somebody's legs and make it happen. And, you know, ducks and stuff like that. And then, I was throwing people in freestyle anyway. So I'm like, let's do it. So I went out and doubled that, that cadet year. Um, oh, I really? To, yeah, I, I made it to the semis and because back then Greco was first. So I made it to the, the semis uh, and unfortunately lost. And then in freestyle and I ended up uh, taking third. Uh, and then I made it to the semis again in freestyle and lost, but I uh, couldn't quite make the national finals that year, which, um, you know, it would have been really interesting because uh, my second cousin, who uh, is Tommy Rollins from Ohio, that was really we had, this, it, we had this cross. He was in my bracket, so in both styles. So he, you know, he was a big. Uh, he he had been wrestling freestyle for a while, and you know, we, you know, we growing up, we didn't see a lot of each other. Our grandmas were sisters, but um, I knew he was wrestling Ohio. He knew I was wrestling Illinois, and um, you know, there was a couple family reunions and get-togethers that we we had seen each other, but. Um, we, our paths didn't really start crossing until then. And it was just kind of ironic. We show up at the national tournament and we're both in the same weight class. And if you, if you, if you, if you know, Tommy, you know how ridiculous that is because he's huge. So he yeah. went on to be a, a collegiate heavyweight. So, you know, he, <laughs> the next year he was like five times my size, but for some reason that year, he like, I don't know if he cut and I just was kind of lazy and didn't want to, but, uh, both times I would have wrestled him in the national finals if I could have, uh, could have wow. won the, in the semis, That's... but that's crazy. So you double up your first year out there. So no stage fright. And then what year was it when you made the finals and wrestled Han? That was my senior year. So ironically, he, you know, my junior year, that bracket was loaded. So um, anyway, I, I think I wrestled Andy Robat that year. There was a ton of guys in that bracket my junior year. Um, but I, I actually, I think it was Damian Han who knocked me out my junior year uh, in the wrestle. Like that's back when the, when the brackets were weird and they did the pool yeah. stuff. So um, I ended up losing my junior year. I'm not all American. And I remember like, you know, there's nothing worse than going to Fargo and then taking that long bus ride home with no hardware. Like I took it for granted again, my, you know, my sophomore year, I come home with all this stuff. I wasn't expecting the place. I'd never done it before. And, uh, I remember being so angry my junior year coming home and that bus ride was just miserable. So, um, in my senior year, uh, I, 
think I just, I mean, obviously I was a little bit more dedicated because I, you know, at that point I, I realized I was, I was being pretty successful and I was going to wrestle in college uh, and I set some really high goals. So I, I trained a lot harder for freestyle. I switched over a lot quicker, didn't take any time off. And, uh, you know, my goal was to beat him and, and to win a national title and I made it to the finals, but uh, unfortunately he got me again. I mean, one of the greats, there's no question, but I mean, the fact that, I love my favorite part of the story is that you're wrestling at Fargo after your senior year. That never happens now. I mean, it may, but that's very rare. And back then it seems like if you read Ben Askren's book, same thing. He went to Fargo after senior year too. And maybe I'm wrong that it's right now. I just don't feel like, like once you've made that college decision and you've got that scholarship, I wonder if there's many kids keep going to Fargo, but you had your mind set on it. Yeah. I you know, maybe it was, you know, back then, I don't know if, um, the people didn't communicate as much, right? Cause we didn't have the internet. So, you know, now I think, you know, it, there's so much, um, worry and it, it, some of it's rightfully so like you worry about getting hurt or like just get to school and prepare for the next thing. And, um, you know, back then we, we were doing it cause we just wanted to compete and, you know, we didn't have that extra pressure. I think some of that stuff puts on. And since, it, since it didn't go well for me in my junior year, um, yeah, there, there was probably no way that somebody could have convinced me not to go because I wanted to make sure that I kind of redeemed myself. And that's kind of how I felt. Wow. And you, and you talk about Fargo. Your team put a Fargo champ on or put a guy on the podium last year. Ben DeVino won it. And you talk about, we talked about earlier, you have a really deep program, really huge kids program. And it's a well, it's it's becoming an oiled machine but every program has to have their stars and there's no Ben DeVito might be the star in all of Illinois. Well, definitely right now. I mean, you 17 world team member. I mean, what, what's his story? I know nothing about him. I just been following him for about two years now. Yeah. So he, um, you know, kind of ironically, kind of what we talked about earlier with the kids club, uh, he started in our kids club and my, my first year when I came back to St. Charles, you know, the priority number one, when I came back to teach and coach here was, you know, obviously the high school comes first. That was my main job. That's the reason I came back. Um, so I didn't jump into the kids club immediately. I wanted to make sure that my attention was uh, was put on the high school program and making sure that I, it was in a position that I felt comfortable. Uh, but he was in our kids club when I got here. So I kind of just to get my feet wet again, started, you know, going to some of the stuff, meeting some of the dads. Um, and he, uh, I might be off here by a year or two, but he was like five or six years old. He was little. Um, just coming out for the sport and even back then he was an absolute hammer so <laughs> I, like i'm like man this is this is going to be awesome you know here's this little kid and you know there was probably four or five of them that were like very impressive you know and you got to take it with a grain of salt like the most aggressive tot usually is the best tot right so mm-hmm. um all of those kids don't necessarily pan out but there's just kind of something special about him and uh he was w- one of those situations where they you know, there was nobody in my room, even at that age, that could keep up with them. The program, our kids' club, and I don't fault his parents, and it turned out great for me, anyways. But yeah, you know, they, exactly. They had they had to move on. So, um, you know, some of the dads, right when I got here, kind of just gutted the program uh, as far as the IK, and uh, they left to go somewhere else who was more established, and their kids' club program was kind of firing off. So, um, you know, fortunately, they, they stayed and lived in the area, and. Um, I had a good relationship with his dad. I didn't fault his dad for doing what he did. He was doing what we thought was best. And it turns out it was what was best, you know, just being completely mm-hmm. honest for his son. So um, I kind of kept in touch with him. Uh, and, you know, like, you know, 
maybe subconsciously praying, you know, someday it might work out. But, um, you know, when he, you know, he'd find success just staying in touch with his dad and, and you know, congratulating him. And then our paths are crossed, you know, living in, living in the same area. So his eighth grade year, um, he, you know, he, his dad understood even back then, you know, get him in front of as many people as possible. His kid was special. He loved wrestling and he's a sponge. Like you show Ben something once, like it's there. Uh, and he's so creative with it. So his dad was trying to get him in front of as many people as possible. And, um, you know, at that point I was like, Hey, like, you know, I, you know, if you're, if you're looking to train a little bit, like I, you know, I've got a couple of kids, but more importantly, I'd be happy to, to, to work with you. So, um, you know, we, we worked together a little bit when he was in, in eighth grade. Um, and what he do in IKWF just kill people or what? Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah, I guess everybody has that, that story that kind of drives you. So he, um, you know, he was wrestling at the time for FDN, but he, uh, he, he won it in sixth grade. And then, uh, in seventh grade, uh, Seth Mendoza beat him in the final. Um, Whoa. And, that was a uh, final. That was a state final. Um, oh my yeah. God. So, and, uh, you know, beat him pretty, pretty handedly actually. And, uh, you know, his dad, Mark was loves telling that story because he loves, you know, just poking at Ben, but, um, lost and, and instead of kind of pouting i think that was another thing that like he he realized he, he wanted to change after after that so going into his eighth grade year and um that eighth grade year it ended up being covid so okay. um he at that point he had started kind of doing more national than he did local anyways and um we started work kind of working a little bit together and um you know fortunately he started kind of for the first time kind of getting over the hump on the national level so that's when, you know, he, he, all of a sudden he, he's winning Reno, he's winning, uh, you know, the kickoff, he, he's, he's starting to finally get over the hump on some of those guys. And, um, you know, that, that just, as we know, that kind of just lights a fire, that little bit of extra success and seeing a difference. And uh, they ended up, his eighth grade years, the year we were actually, you know, I remember loading up the car to go to the IK tournament with our guys and they canceled it, like literally as we're leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't get to wrestle in the IK, his eighth grade year got canceled. So, okay. Um, but, and then at that point, basically decided to come to, to St. Charles or was it like kind of, wh- wh- when did you find out? So uh, it was probably shortly after, kind of after that, um, you know, his, his dad was very transparent up front, you know, the, the, he's leaving his door wide open. He wasn't going to yeah. make a decision. They were just going to kind of play it by ear and see what he felt at the end of the year. And he was going to leave it up to Ben. And I don't remember the exact time it was, but I remember Ben kind of reaching out and being like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to stay public and I'm, I'm going to come to St. Charles. Um, so obviously really exciting, awesome. you know, from our conversations at the time, I'm like, man, wherever you go, you know, you're going to be a four timer, you know? And it, I think, you know, in the eighth grader, you're, you probably like hearing that, but you don't really believe it. And, um, you know, it didn't take him long to really realize that something was different. And that, like, I knew something was different because when I'm breaking film down for him when he's in eighth grade and, and trying to, you know, these national level guys talking about like different strategies, to beat him i'm like hey like this kid does this you can do that and he's like yeah and I, he's like i also saw that he does this and i could do that and i'm like wow like as an eighth grader he was already thinking at a level that some of my elite high school kids were trying to break film down and watching it and i knew i knew he was going to be special i mean and and to win the u17 nationals this is a i don't say new but within the last 10 years a new importance on it. And I mean, Fila cadets at Northwestern was always a big deal, but the world team really didn't mean anything. So it wasn't like, to me, I still feel like Fargo was bigger. 
But now this tournament is crazy. You look at, you know, everyone knows Bo Bassett, and I, I'm a huge fan of watching him, and he's, he's a huge motivation. He goes down in like the round of 16, maybe, or the quarters uh, to the kid from Gilroy, and it's like, that's the same bracket. Am I am I right? As uh, Ben? Or is it no, one ben, ben, ben is one higher than he is. One yeah. higher, okay. But it's like those kids, all of those kids in that weight are just so freaking tough. And how did he do with this tournament last year? So he, he actually ironically lost to Jax uh, in the, the semifinal last year. And, and he was winning at the, the break, the period. And, um, you know, he came back and ended up actually losing the match. And uh, that was a huge, like, kind of turning point for Ben as far as his, the freestyle aspects concerned. I think when that happened, he, you know, he, he really didn't like not hitting the top of the podium. So, you know, I saw a shift in him really for the first time getting into freestyle, enjoying freestyle, training it harder, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that loss I think drove him to, to go, you know, do the work that he needed to do to go win Fargo. But, um, you know, that, that loss, it was something that he'd been kind of waiting for that rematch and, um, you know, we saw the bracket come out and they were split. We were, we were pretty excited. We, we were thinking it was, you know, we at least were going to have an opportunity to, to try to get that rematch. And how many matches did you wrestle on that first day? Oh man. Like I, six? I don't know. Yeah. I think it was like, it was like a ping pong baller going back and forth between him and Dom, but I, I want to say it was six. Yeah. It was a bit, it was a busy day. And then, you know, the, it's really weird because then the shift to the second day, you, know, you have the semi and then you're in the finals through. Uh, there's not a whole lot of wear and tear that next day, but that, that day one of that tournament, something like I'd never, that was my first experience going out there for it last year. Unfortunately, I couldn't go and it like haunted me. Yeah. Um, but talk about like, just a, if you're a wrestling fan and you like, I'm mad and my wife and I were talking about whether I was going to bring my son just to even just come watch, not even wrestling it, just to, to see it. Um, and I'm mad at myself for not taking him because I didn't realize how, like everywhere you look, I mean, there's mats. Every, there's like 30 some mats in the one room, but like everywhere you look, there's just elite level wrestling. And, uh, you know, my son loves, loves, loves the sport. So he loves watching that kind of stuff and appreciates it. So um, it was a cool experience that, you know, I would suggest all your listeners, if you love wrestling and, you know, it, what better, I mean, it's in Vegas. So that's an extra perk, but yeah, uh, talk, talk about a cool trip. It, it was phenomenal. Well, let me tell you, the the FOMO I had this year for missing this year's U.S. Open is is unspeakable because you had the Senior Open. At first, I thought it was odd how it was on Wednesday, Thursday, but now it makes sense because – no, it's on Thursday, Friday. But it makes sense because all you guys are getting in Friday, and so you get to go watch the finals. And so the yeah. finals, I heard, was packed. And, I mean, you tell were you there for that? My flight got delayed. <laughs> Son of yeah. a gun, I, man. I know, I know. I, yeah, it was, it's but, uh, and it makes yeah. me more upset though because it's not going to be like that next year because the u.s open for senior is in december so it's yeah. going to be two more years until that and then you know let's hope they keep the u.s the structure the same so that the senior u.s open is as important as it was this year i'd like the structure you know whereas in years past they had the trials and then final x so um yeah it was just fun to watch man and it's like it's crazy i'm telling my wife i'm like i'm watching the u17 national she's like you're watching high schoolers i'm like these kids are wrestling like at a high level. I mean, look at look at Lilladaw. Bassett beat Lilladaw two weeks ago. Lilladaw goes juniors. I mean, not every, but smokes a lot of people in that field. Wins it as a high schooler against U twenty. It's like these kids are crazy. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sleep on this. Um, 
Oh my God, names escaping right now. Washington stud. Who? Um, Cannon. Cannon yeah. Webster beats Mendoza. Like yeah, and that we, we were at. Uh, I think it was Dom who was um, coming up after that. So we were on the mat next to it. So I, I got to see that one up close. Um, yeah, that was that was impressive. That's. I mean, I don't say shocking, but I mean, you talk about a freshman, a college freshman had a better season than Jesse Mendez. I mean. Yeah, there's I'm not sh- many. There's not many. Again, I'm sure there are some, but all American, maybe third, I think. But and then Cannon beats him. It's like, man, that's that's impressive. Um, and then I know your 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 lightweight guy, Dom. He he took a third, I believe. Correct. Yeah, he took third. Which is like, dude, even that is like next level. I mean, it's that's crazy at that. I mean, a lot of those guys are getting so good now. Where they're like a lot of these like upper weight. U seventeen, U twenty guys, they're skipping high school even their last year. They're just going to like the the RTC at their college. I mean, that's that's the level that for those kids. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. And like you know, taking third of that thing is is an insane ridiculous, accomplishment. insane but, accomplishment. But if you know Dom, you know, like you know he's obviously not happy and extremely disappointed, which I think has sure. lit a fire under him. But um, you know, being the returning uh, world champ, I, you know, I think. That, that stings and like the biggest part of that weekend though for him I, you know i'm excited he took third and he came back and he wrestled but um you know that night happened to make you know six matches that day and then happened to make weight on that turnaround to come back you know his goal was to win it um the character i thought that that showed of him you know you saw it all over the tournament guys and when they you know oh, i can't win it i'm out you know the fact that it's a qualifying tournament to get somewhere else and once that that ultimate goal gets taken away or you lose it um, to still have the character and, you know, it, it was a stressful moment, whether he was going to, you know, I think he was five, five and a half pounds over, whether he was going to get the weight off and go, you know, after wrestling six matches all day and being that disappointed and that frustrated and then having to go at, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night and go get that weight off. Um, you know, his best win of the weekend, in my opinion, was beating that scale, the scale. and beating the, the, you know, the disappointment and the mentality of, of wanting to throw in the towel and just, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. I can't make it, uh, to kind of fight back and come and take third. Um, I, I was insanely proud of him. I am embarrassed to say, I didn't know he was the cadet world champ. He was yeah. last summer cadet world champ. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So he, you know, he was like 14, I think, and he bumped up to 17 U and, uh, at a hundred and, and won it. World champ. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So man, Illinois is in good hands. St. Charles is in good hands. But to your point, I heard from a couple coaches on the floor that they were shocked at the amount of weight these U17 kids are cutting. Like for this, for like the scratch two day weigh ins and like, and to hold it down. And it's like, and like the world is, isn't probably till what, like July or August? Yeah. So that, um, with Tom, that was, you know, so Ben's on the other end. Like Ben doesn't want to cut doesn't so his he's he could have just he had a sandwich and got on a scale for that and i think oh wow you know you know and you know i've heard some of the critiques <laughs> um you know people are worried that he's too small um uh for for the weight class but um you know i the fact he just wants to wrestle he wants to compete and i think he he, he could not the, he took the weight cutting side out of it you know dom was kind of a tweener um and we were contemplating whether he was going to go six or 13 and he walks around at right around 13, 14. So um, he ended mm-hmm. up kind of cutting down, which to be honest for him, it was just his diet. It, he wasn't in, in prime diet at the time. So the cut, it was frustrating that day up because he, he got let himself get to five and a half over. But 
Um, that's not even the that. worst of what I heard, though. That's like no, nothing. I, I, say, I said I that gonna was say, nothing. I was not thinking of that. I'm thinking of yeah. like double digits. Yeah, for so, these kids. I mean, looking looking around that place and um trying to predict usually you know as a wrestling coach and a wrestling this long like we're usually pretty good like circus people being able to look at a kid and be like within five pounds i can tell you what you weigh um there was definitely kids i would have been way off like you know i see that looking at the scoreboard thing and they didn't change you know the weight i'm like wow uh, really? but there was def- there's kids cutting well into the double digits there to, to get it done but um it shows the dedication. I think, you know, I don't, oh, yeah. necessarily, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it definitely starts having a negative impact when your main, if your main focus all week is making weight, then then you're not ready to wrestle in my opinion, but. And um, you're going to be holding your weight down all for the next four months. You're going to be cutting into severe growth. I mean, it's tough, such a tough thing. Cause if you have a kid at that level, that's, that's one in a billion. Like that's, that's such an elite level that maybe it makes some exceptions, but yeah. Well, no one wants to think about their kid having to go through that, like doing a double digit weight cut after wrestling six matches. Like that's crazy, you know? Yeah. It'd be a lot. Of, I mean, just the wear and tear of competing six times in one day. Oh, yeah. and then, then you got to go put three, four, five miles on your legs to try to turn around and then compete at a high level the next day. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, I guess we didn't really do the two back in our day. It would have been like a one day weigh in, but um, yeah, I can't imagine trying to try to make that turn. It's scratch both days, morning of? Yeah, so that's, you know, I, I think just about every other tournament, at least the big ones that I, I've been to or I've taken my guys to, usually you get that, you know, the next day pound. Uh, at this, it's it's scratch. They, they don't mess around. So Both yeah, days. Both days. Oh, my gosh. And, like, it, if it was night before, that'd be one thing, but you got to sleep that night, suck yeah. down, and, oof, man. I, th- I think about uh, I think about Coach Poeta, the um, – he goes his freshman year at state, loses in the first round, doesn't think he's gonna get pulled back in, and is like eating, smashing food, and his guy pulls him through. And I think he said like he was up to like six in the morning or something trying to get it done. It's like it's uh we do some crazy things, man, but that's what makes makes wrestlers uh I don't know if that's what makes them, but it just shows you how how committed, like you said, these kids are. And it's like it means that much to them. And it's just amazing to watch how good these guys are. I mean that guy Cannon Webster wrestled in the finals from PA. My God. I mean, that guy, that guy's yeah. freakish. I mean, whole, he's in high school too. So yeah. it's like, whew, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. You know, the world trials are coming up this next weekend then final X and then, uh, and then the worlds, but you got a, you got a good group going to the freestyle state just happened. So freestyle state was last weekend. So okay. um, yeah, we had, we had quite a few guys competing at that, and I think we got even some more this weekend uh, as Northern Plains. Uh, okay. We'll have even more probably jump in on the second chance. So, um, What's the uh, – is Illinois Freestyle State massive still? It, it, this year with like 1,500 kids. They, they, they do some of the, the youth at the same time. So, But uh, that was another really long day. <laughs> I bet. Man. Yeah. I mean, it just yeah, goes we, to show all the dedication you coaches are going through. I mean, it's not – you're st- I mean, for someone like you running a program in the top 25 nationally, it's you get maybe August off. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and you're getting well, ready for Super 32. Yeah, as I say, this year, luckily, I don't have, you know, I guess the very first week of August, but um, I'm hoping to, to make the trip to Istanbul with, with Ben. So, yeah, uh, that, that, that's the front side of August. So, uh, if, you're, if you're coaching in August, I think that's probably a really good thing, though. So, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I might have to make a trip to Turkey because that's a good time to go. It's slow during the summer. And I've always heard, you know, going to a world level event, this is like a whole new pride to Team USA, you know? It'll be my first experience with it. So I, wow. I'm excited. 
Awesome, man. Well, Coach Potter, I'm so glad we were able to have you on the show and congrats to, to the program and all the success. And we wish you nothing but the best, man. Any last words before we sign off? No, I just really appreciate it. You know, you do incredible things, just not only just for wrestling, but uh, especially as a, a guy from Illinois and uh, a hometown guy. I appreciate everything you do and uh, keeping Illinois relevant. You know, we're going to keep hopefully putting out a product uh, to make it, you know, give you something to talk about. But uh, I man. definitely appreci appreciate what you do for the sport, man. Nothing makes me prouder than to see an Illinois on the U17 or U20 teams, the Fargo success. So I, I watch it all, man. And I, I'm so excited about what you guys are developing. And, and yeah, man, uh, thank you so much for the kind words. And I hope to see you soon at a tournament, coach. Sounds good. Take care. Take care, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. If you enjoy this show, we want to hear from you. So leave us a review on Apple Podcast and subscribe to the show. If you want to watch video clips from this interview, go to our YouTube page, Wrestling Changed My Life. And to support the podcast, please buy our merch at store.wrestlingchangedmylife.com. We'll see you next time on Wrestling Changed My Life. Peace!